It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Charm City Reboot Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. Reboot. Didn't have How much do, for this, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, the O's you could have gone. I was going to make uh, a Natty Bow and Pickles pub joke for folks who know Baltimore, but uh, I figured that was a little bit too obscure. Yeah, I'm trying, you know, uh, Adley Rushman could have gotten in there, or the, the uh, new boss for, I don't, I don't yeah, I don't know. Um, either I'll give way, it to you. It's okay. Either but, way. <laughs> have I ever told my first time to Camden Yard story on the podcast? I, I You have with Utah Street? Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the things I tell you I in, in the office about, yeah. versus what I've said on the air. But yeah, uh, somebody needs the E U T A W. Come on, Give me, <laughs> got me walking around the place looking for U T A H for God's sakes. I, I didn't like it. I did not like it. Anyway, uh, looks like the. And by the way, in let's let's say sort of the Baltimore DC corridor, if you will. You know, I'm gonna, like the level of vitriol. When the Washington Commanders were sold, you know, Dan Snyder, and it was like, oh, happy to, I got to say, as a non-Orioles fan, you know, I, you know, I pay attention, obviously, to, there's a level of vitriol for the Angelos family that I got to tell you, honestly, I didn't know existed or didn't think existed, mm. and, you know, I know the team hasn't been, but the... If if you are an Orioles fan today, today, are you very happy with the state of your franchise? Is my question. You got a long term lease, right? You're staying in Camden Yards. You've got the best farm system in baseball. You've got young stars on your team, and I mentioned one of them, Adley Rushman. You got to be you. You won the division. Like things are good. <laughs> so I understand. Like before that, things weren't so good. But right now, the state of the Orioles as a baseball team is very good. Yeah, so I mean, we should just mention the news here real, real quick. Yeah, people uh, know the news, whatever. <laughs> they were sold. Great, they the, were sold. The, the Baltimore Orioles have reached an agreement, the Angeles family reached an agreement to sell the Baltimore Orioles, a $1.725 billion deal to a group led by Carlisle founder David Rubenstein. Um, the group also includes some big names like Cal Ripken Jr. as, as one of them. Um, the, I was the there, values. by the way, when he broke the record, the, the consecutive game streak. There you go. And by the way, I can give you the date. I don't remember the year, but I can give you. I, you know why? I, uh, it was the day that somebody was with Jackson's birthday. No, no Sashley, my birthday. Your birthday, okay, September sixth of some I, some date. I don't know what what it was. There you go. Um, 
The deal values the team at one point seven two five billion, as I said. What does Bodenhausen um, value the team? It, we were we had them at one point six, I believe. All right, all right. Um, interesting kind of nugget wrinkle in the deal. The the group is buying f- almost forty percent of the team at the start, and then after Peter Angelos, who is ninety four years old, um, the, the 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 patriarch of the of the Angelos family, after he passes, they are going to buy the other sixty percent. There are some tax implications there that you and I. I was going to say the into. tax division of the law firm was absolutely yeah. consulted on but, the sale of this franchise. But I think I think your question is a is a good place to start Scott because unlike other sports where there's a hard salary cap or even soft salary cap New owners in baseball can fundamentally change the the entire way that your team thinks about spending, thinks about roster construction, thinks about competing for World Series titles. And if you are coming in to spend, having a base like the Orioles have with Adley Rushman and Jackson Holiday and, and a number of other really, really talented young stars – Yes, I think the if you're an Orioles fan, the idea of the Angelos steering this team through the next few years, um, and, and probably losing one or two or more of that of that young core, versus potentially having an ownership group that is going to lock that core in long term and decide to spend, uh, can be night and day. Right? It can be a fundamental difference in in the future of your franchise. So yes, I think Orioles fans have for a long time have been frustrated with the Angelos family. Um, and th- this is a good time to take over this team if, and that's a big if perhaps, but if you are willing to start spending even close to the way that Steve Cohen started spending when he bought the Mets. How'd that work out for Steve Cohen? How, what, I mean, what, where was the World Series parade in New York? It, it, small sample size so far. How will it work out for the Mets? It's going to be great for the Mets, right? The, the, the this Mets. is okay. spending works, right? There, there's there so are outliers. Say, by the way, R- it doesn't Ruben work Stein's every a year, guy. but spending. He's a Baltimore works. guy. Ruben Stein's a local local guy, um, and and a, a, a billionaire. He's a wealthy man. It seems like his group is also full of other wealthy people. Um, yeah, this is going to be fascinating to watch because. Yeah, this is not like Josh Harris buying the Commanders, where who knows if the Commanders are going to be any good in the next few years. This group can determine with its checkbook how much the, the Orioles are going to compete uh, long term in Major League Baseball. And that is a that's a fundamentally baseball thing when we think about the, the major U.S. sports. And here's something people may not know about David Rubenstein, that he hosts a show on Bloomberg Television. You know, yep. it was started when we were there and nobody would, I don't think, look or listen to David Rubenstein and say, you know what he should do? He should host a TV show. <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, I just not. He's good know, at just it, Not something. And I, yeah, I got to say, it, it sort of has this loyal group following. It's become a little cult figure in that in that role. And it's sort of, there aren't that, that many people who can do the peer-to-peer conversations when you're talking to the billionaires. That all, you know, and David is one of them. And it's really good. Like I find I find it entertaining. I you know yeah. I I pop it on. So if you haven't if you haven't uh, seen the show, I would say uh, go go to the uh, go to the Google, go to the YouTube and and throw it in there and take a good look and listen to what David Rubenstein has to say with his guests. And one more, can I do a piece of housekeeping that in no way, shape, or form do we have to do? But I want to do it because I am out there railing all the time. People are ripping us off all the time at Sportico. They rip us off all the time. And, you know, I, I'm out there preaching and ripping people and like, this is ridiculous. Um, so in, in our speed, our rush for speed and everything yesterday, I guess it, it dropped on our social feed uh, to credit John Arand, at, you know, starting at Puck, that, you know, he was first with the news that uh, the, the team had reached agreement with Rubenstein. Um, I was emailing with him like, oops, sorry, we should, you know, and 
Um, yeah, he deserves it. And, you know, good story. He's a Baltimore guy. He's a big Baltimore Orioles fan. That's a great first story for him. And uh, I'll even tell you, sign up for his newsletter. Go ahead. Go, go check out Horan's news, <laughs> newsletter. I mean, that's how we operate here. You and I and Sportico, we value smart, good work. And we say it all the time. If you have a good story, we will tell the world about it. You should. We want people. To, it's, we just want good, smart work. So, uh, sorry, John. That was an accident. We, I mean, we rectified it pretty darn quickly. And my story credited Puck and, and John. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, your story. It was just our social. And he was, you know, he pointed it out. And he never does. He doesn't care about that stuff. But, uh, you know, it, it's just for, I would say this is just for the industry at large. You know, because I am out there all the time hammering people about stealing stuff. It's ridiculous. Like, it yeah. is absolutely ridiculous the number of people who do zero work. Zero work. I mean, you had a story with Daniel Libet uh, based on your, you know, your Freedom of Information Act request about Florida State and the private equity. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of work. Dogged reporting. You got to go through it. You do all the work. And then other people just rip it off. And maybe they'll link. Maybe they'll credit. Maybe they'll hide the link. And they'll just say, oh, this is what was happening. I mean, here's the code word. If it, you know, They had a code name for it. And, and don't even say that you guys did the work. I absolutely hate that about our industry. And I call it out all the time. So when we goof and we goofed on this one, uh, we, we one we make it right, and two I'll tell people we goof it happens, and three you give credit where it's due where good work is done. So at a boy John Arand, good luck at puck. I'm, I'm what, the what a dream for him by the way. As you said, a huge Orioles fan for his first story in a new job to be the scoop of a new owner coming at the, as we said this, this critical time for the team. Um, great for him. One other thing that I think we should discuss here. This sale potentially has a really big effect on on the other local baseball. You're going south on 95, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going south on 95. The Washington Nationals uh, hired a bank, went through a exploratory sale process uh, two years ago. Now, one of the things I kept hearing about that process, which ultimately ended without a transaction happening, was that the relationship between the Nationals and the Orioles on the media side, the Orioles own essentially own the Nationals TV, the Nationals TV rights. It, it the whole um, thing was a messin'. <laughs> was did a mess. you actually hit? Did you actually hit your yeah, head on the microphone? Terrible. That was awful. <laughs> Um, the whole thing was a mess and, and it, my understanding on, on this deal and, and who knows, but if this new ownership group of the Orioles is willing to take a fresher approach to the nationals, maybe figure out some way, some deal that can get the nationals out of that deal, free them up so that they have their own media rights. If that were to happen, that could have dramatic effects on the Lerner family, which currently owns the nationals and the possibility of a sale. And I think you and I probably have a good idea of what buyer might be first in line if that if was to open up only again. Only there was a sports mogul in the nation's capital <laughs> who, by the way, has an interest in, in media, might have recently acquired and rebranded a, a network, uh, maybe own a couple of teams and maybe relocating or looking at relocating a couple of those teams to Northern Virginia and Man, is there anybody like that at all? I'm, I'm struck. Oh, and who has, by the way, at the uh, Sportico Invest in Sports Conference may have told the world that, yes, I'm looking to expand my empire, but I will only do it in market. Hmm. <laughs> so you, is That's there a very anybody? specific set of, well, uh, set of restrictions who, there, Scott. Who has pretty nice suits and wears fancy sneakers, uh, immaculately trimmed goatee. Is there anybody? Kind of sounds who, like Ted Leonsis. Kind of sounds like Ted yeah. Leonsis. Uh, and he, of course, and the learners are, are very close. And 
Uh, yep. Yeah, you and I are expecting a transaction. Let's go. Let's make let's make those calls. Yeah, yeah. So again, I think this this is a, a sale of one team, and, and maybe portends the, the the potential transaction of a, of a second baseball team as well. Um, and that would make Major League Baseball obviously very very happy. I know that, that this this weird relationship with, with the Orioles and the Nationals, which stems back to when the Nationals when they moved to D.C., technically quote unquote infringing on on the Orioles' uh, local rights or whatever the the, the ninety or a hundred mile uh mile radius that baseball teams have to, to protect their own commercial rights um yeah baseball would be thrilled to get that to, to get that over with so not not just orioles fans potentially excited here but but there may be some folks in and around the nationals that are excited about a, a new group to sit across the table from as they try to figure out how to unwind or make less of a mess of their current media situation now, uh, Ted may be salivating at the chance to uh, get that baseball team. But I got to tell you, I, I always, every time someone mentions the Orioles, I do have a Pavlovian response of, of like, I think about Boog's Barbecue. Hmm. And, and I mean, I really, it's just got my head. That's where my head goes, right? It doesn't go to the baseball. It goes to Boog's Barbecue. And I'm like, you ever see them like slapping on the sauce with, with the uh, mops? Imagine a mop bucket filled with barbecue sauce, then you dip the mop in, and then you, you, know, you, you put on the sauce with the mop across the huge grill. Oh, that's, that's what I'm thinking about right now. Got my stomach rumbling here. Yeah, Scott. well, there, oh, that, that's where. All right, speaking of rumblings. Oh, nice. PGA Tour? Huh? PGA Tour. We, yeah. we, PGA Tour has finally reached an agreement. Like, well, half an agreement. Well, one full agreement, Part but of, only half of yeah. the way done, right? Yeah. So it is a full agreement. You know, the Fenway-led group, about $3 billion invested in uh, PGA Tour's new commercial entity, uh, a laundry list of professional sports team owners involved. Um, but I think you and I realize this is, um, this is only part of the battle. Can the PGA Tour reach some sort of agreement? We, we heard the announcement a while back of a merger with, with Liv, but uh, from what I'm hearing, not going easily. Uh, this surely gives them a little bit of leverage. You know, you're more or better capitalized, but $3 billion versus what the Saudi Wealth Fund can do, and we see the kind of salaries that they are throwing around. Um, uh, where do we stand, do you think, in terms of what this does in terms of uh, helping or, or hurting a completion of a deal with, with uh, Liv? Oh, I, I mean, I think, I think it helps. So we have been, and we were right about this, we've said on the podcast for a while, this deal was going to happen first. Yes. In, in, the, in the broad scheme of, of the PGA Tour revolutionizing its business, it was going to get this deal done with this group called the Strategic Sports Group full of SSG owners like Steve Cohen, like Fenway, Wick Grosbeck, Mark Lazary, um, Jerry Cardinal. There's a there's a laundry list of very important people in sports that are part of this group. This was going to happen first. Um, and now the question is, can you get the final live deal done? I've heard optimism from folks in and around this deal recently, Scott, that there was a little bit of pessimism I felt like a couple week, a couple months ago when we were getting up into that into that December 31st deadline about whether this was going to happen now it seems like maybe the 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 winds have shifted a bit and it does seem like it's going to happen um but the the basic structure here PGA Tour creating a new co PGA Tour Enterprises uh, much like we've seen private equity deals in sports in other ways and we can talk about Florida State in a second because it's a similar structure yep. create the commercial enterprise have a sell equity into it. Um, players are going to share in a bunch of this. They, they reported that it was up to $3 billion, uh, today from this new group. You and I reported on, on, on Friday that the initial investment was going to be a little bit below that. There's so much economics here that I think are in a holding pattern of sorts. 
until they figure out one, does the live deal happen? And if it does, what is the equity structure of this new capitalized PGA tour enterprises? What does that look like? Who has what? Um, those are all big questions. So I think anyone who tells you that they, that they know the financials here, valuations, total money given right now is, is, is maybe not being totally honest because I don't think any of that, any of those decisions have fully been made until anyone has a sense of what they're investing in and how global the property is. All right. Back of napkin math though, when you heard, you hear about, Oh, the players get up to like a billion and a half dollars in equity or blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm still, if I'm a top golfer and Liv guarantees me six, $700 million, if, if, no, if no agreement is reached, I don't know, dude, seems like a somewhat easy decision for those who uh, are questioning where should I play. This is the big challenge, right? This is the big challenge if the PGA Tour doesn't get this done, is that they are, as you said, re- regardless of how much money you raise from some of the richest owners in America, you're, you are not going to compete financially on par with live. How do you think uh, these I, investors would react to monthly capital calls? We need more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I know I know you got this email from us last month, but we need a little bit more. Yeah, the price of oil just went up, so we yeah, need yeah, a second yeah, capital call. Yeah, yeah, golf, golfer X month. number yeah. whatever in the world needs this X, and we need to, you know, we just need one more capital call for this that, month anyway. That said, I do think that there is value in doing better on the pay scale, right? If 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 the old pay model did not keep players, there's a chance that the old pay model times 1.5 maybe does, right? So I think anything that they can do to increase pay right now is helpful. But they, they just lost another player to live, I believe, Tyrell Hatton, Either yep. late last week or early this week, there, there's talk of a few others, names that I didn't know, making the jump as well. John Rahm obviously was a huge, huge name mm-hmm. that moved over to live in December. Um, it's not as though the, the, the tour has staunched the, the, the defection in any capacity over, over the past few months at least. Um, so really interesting to see how see how this plays out and and what the end result is. But if I I think if I was one of these investors... I think I would prefer to be invested in the global thing with live alongside than I would be to go back to a world where I've capitalized a group that is in constant competition with a group that has a lot more money than we do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. That seems like it's a it's a worse scenario. So, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I, it does sound like it's more likely than not now that that this live deal does in fact happen. All right. Now, a small nugget that may seem insignificant, but I think it's worth noting. And we say it's a Fenway sports led group. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the release said you know Fenway will will offer strategic advice. Yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um, that Fenway sure will assuredly collect some fees. As, as part of this. So it isn't just sort of and an, an straight up investment. There's also, we're getting paid as part of this. So 
you know, if, if I'm on one side of it, I'd like to be collecting fees as part of the deal. You know, if we're talking about dual revenue streams that we talk about in TV of um, cable or sub fees and advertising, I'd like to have it where there's the initial investment as well as fees coming in. Uh, so at least at least Fenway, um, I think in that regard, has a little bit of a leg up on the other uh, people coming in the deal. Yeah, and not sharing in the economics like Fenway, but Steve Cohen, I believe, is putting in the, the, an equal share to Fenway, or, or if not equal, something very, very close to, to equal. So, so Steve is a is a is a huge part of this mm-hmm. transaction as well. Uh, one other shout out we should give Scott the the, the folks at Hogan Lovells, the law firm, uh, did both of these deals: the Orioles deal that we started at the top, and the uh, Strategic Sports Group investment uh, alongside the PGA Tour. So, two big deals in, in our sports, probably the two biggest things we're going to talk about this week, um, and both of those done. In in some capacity by, by Hogan levels. So uh, shout out to them as well. They, 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 they've done a lot. They had a, they had a week last year when, when they did both, both Leo Messi's contract and I think the commander's deal. Um, that was a big one too in the same week and, and another big week over there as well uh, this week. If I was a listener the show, I would yeah. be like, my lord, how much is that firm paying Sportico? No. Or if a fr- I'm like, <laughs> well, I can answer that. Yeah, answer, zero, the, I answer because I know people are going to ask. So please do do say that how much. Not, that was paying. not an ad read. That was not an ad read. That was not. You're just just just. It's a note. You thought it was an interesting note. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And you. Th- all right. Let's let's do this if we can. Now we didn't discuss this. So I'm going to put you on the spot. But we talked about making this a regular part of the show. Like let's it's time to triangulate. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, right? We need a little uh, triangulation music from from Aaron here. Yeah. Yeah. Insert whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you think triangle works. Um, but these investors, I mean Fenway. Um, I think Jerry Cardinal. I think LeBron James. I think soccer yep. teams. Obviously NBA. I'm thinking Las Vegas. We want to be part of that. Um, now you talk. You know, perhaps a tie up. Are you looking long term? tie up with with Saudi uh, investment fund uh, mm. global expansion to the Middle East in sport we see how that's going that's my this is my triangular <laughs> this is my kind of open air tri- triangulation of where this is going and how it all fits together my my connection was going to be that um, that four of the people in this strategic sports group um, Arthur blank Steve Cohen Mark Lazary uh, and Fenway are are also investors in TGL the, the right, new correct, correct. sports league or the golf league that's hopefully going to launch ne- early next year backed by Tiger and Rory McIlroy. So, so these are investors who are already, uh, and, and Arthur Blank, especially because he's an investor or owner of the PGA Superstore. These are, these are, a lot of these investors are already invested in golf in some capacity um, and are looking to round out their golf portfolios with the PGA Tour commercial rights in addition to other teams that they already own PGA is a partner to complete the triangle is a partner in TGL as well. So there is uh, th- there's a lot of kind of back and forth just within the golf world in this deal specifically. All right. Now let's talk about a little teeny weeny sporting event, uh, the Super Bowl. Now that we've got, these big, we've right. got these big things going, I don't remember what we discussed last time uh, and, and what we didn't is in terms of the Super Bowl. Um, and I should check with our people here. Like we have an announcement, like we haven't announced it yet, but while we're on the air, I'm going to let you speak right now, Evan, because I'm going to check with our folks. If I can do it on the show, that's going to air tomorrow because it better be public by then. If not, I'm not going to be happy. So you take <laughs> it away, and I'm going to signal to our people, see if I can say something. Go ahead. Wow, what a mess. Um, to to, yeah, to continue good. a conversation that, that Scott and I had on, on Monday, um, news that we broke at Sportico this week, uh, Christian Juszczyk, who is the wife of 49ers fullback Kyle Juszczyk, um, people may know her. She was making the... Jackets, Taylor Swift wore one, Clay Thompson wore one, Christian McCaffrey. 
McCaffrey's girlfriend wore one. She was wearing a number of she was making a number of jackets that went absolutely viral in the past few weeks because of Taylor Swift because she actually because because she wore one and everyone wanted to know where she where it came from. Christian Juszczyk, the designer reached a deal with the NFL to get her hands on NFL licensing rights. I believe she's in talks with the NFL PA on the same thing. Um, but she will hopefully soon at least have the ability legally to make these jackets for a commercial purpose and sell them, uh, sell them wide. Scott, I, th- this is a story that you've been championing here within our walls at Sportico. It's absolutely fascinating. Oh, could you please put, could you please put a qualifier in front of championing, uh, rightly, championing I, I, uh, adeptly right, right, championing right. because everybody in the world keeps reading every and by the way you know as well as i do i'm going to chime in here yeah that ahead, there's garbage there's absolute garbage um taylor swift coverage right 95 oh, yeah, there is garbage taylor yeah. swift coverage and then there is smart taylor yep. swift coverage and us uh you know breaking the story that this that this woman had obtained a license from the NFL to now pre- that's smart Taylor Swift coverage. You know, it's Taylor Swift adjacent. Um, that's a real sports business story, utilizing the popularity of the event of a global superstar. Uh, and I, but man, I would love to find out the financial terms. Or does the NFL say just yes, go ahead? You know what? We're so happy to reach a new audience. I keep seeing more and more videos on Twitter of. Mothers and daughters, fathers and daughters, like little girls watching football go, hey, there's Taylor, there's Taylor, or, you know, the rooting for Travis. This is a, a, a whole new demographic that in some way has been open to the NFL, and I'm dying to see if they can drive a Brinks truck right through the opening that they've got. It's such a fascinating business story because it is kind of a combination of so many different things, including the the NFL, the power of the Super Bowl, the power of celebrity, the power of Taylor Swift's celebrity mm-hmm. specifically, the uh, and, and a really good business lesson, I think, in the way in which she went about this, right? And from what I remember reading, Taylor Swift didn't ask her for one of these. She made it and she sent it to someone that gave it to Taylor. Well, and Taylor she had was made like, a jacket oh, for Brittany Mahomes. For Brittany Mahomes, yeah. And then so she Brittany sent it to Brittany and said, I made one for Taylor. You know, and yes, exactly. No order totally. was placed. But hey, here you go on a lark and Taylor wore it. Sh- shoot your shot. I know we yep. talked about this last week but, or earlier this week, but the the big question now, how much does she want to put into this? Like, does she want to hire a huge team of seamstresses to pump these things out? There's going to be demand, obviously, but she's only one person. And, and from what I understand, she was hand-making them like what what is the infrastructure look like and how much does she want to put into trying to make this a big like we said i don't think she needs to go scale right now what what christian use needs are the four or five right people and i'm not saying i know who they are taylor's one of them to wear one of these jackets at the super bowl that's that's what she needs the right people to be sporting her designs at the Super Bowl, let that demand build to a just a fever uh, pitch. Let it let there be a crescendo, a post Super Bowl crescendo, and then you talk about okay, where am I doing my manufacturing? What what stores is this going to be? A Neiman Marcus? Is this going to be uh, Fanatics? Is this going to be yeah. you know NFL Shop? I, I don't know. That's that. all assuming she wants that, right? Oh, and, she and wants I'm that. Not sure if she we wants even, that. I'm not sure if we even know that. She but wants we'll see. that. We'll see. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, by the way, I, I'm curious. To, I don't know. I'm curious. I know her husband has been very supportive of her endeavor. 
saying, oh, she's worked so hard for a long time and she really, you know, she goes at it. Um, worth noting that he has an economics degree from Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just curious how much he's like, you know, is he like the CFO of the company? Is he in the, you know, yes, I play football, but my real job is going to be running this company now that has taken off. Uh, just Shout worth out noting. to I have those no Ivy idea, League football Christian, if you're listening, right? please let us know. What, what did you say about Ivy League I football? I said shout, shout out to those Ivy League football players. You know, oh, me and Kyle, you were say, like, know, the we're, little, part of the elite, we're part of a very elite uh, league group here. Give me, give me the quick. You had, you had what? Uh, Keith Elias, right? He's Princeton. Wasn't yeah, he? Keith, Keith Elias, um, Ross Tucker. Um, Who's one of the Giants? Jesper Horstead. Um, Sean something. There was a little guy, Sean something. I yeah, he his was name. the coach of the lightweight team after uh, after I left. Was it um, Maury or something like Sean that? Sean Maury. Yeah. Oh, I got that. Oh, there's wow. t- I mean, there's tons. There's probably ten in the Ivy in the in the NFL right now. Zach Diossi obviously was. I believe he right. That Brown. was the Giant I was thinking of. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. yeah. There's there there's a bunch. The Ivy League football scene is actually quite good. Uh, I was laughing that I. My Ivy League football experience was was quite a bit different. The but. lightweight Ivy League football. We keep None of those in the NFL. As we no, no lightweight football players in the NFL right Once now. Once again, Novi Williams won exactly zero <laughs> games in his uh, in his tenure at, at the Princeton lightweight football. <laughs> Let, let's move on real quick. We, we teased it a little bit. Um, Florida State, uh, we have been writing uh, at Sportico for story. a few months about um, Florida State's ex- exploration of potentially raising private equity money to fund its athletic department. Um, I have been, uh, I have not been quiet on, on Twitter or in our pages about my frustration with the university, uh, which I think really slow played an open records request that we had filed back in August for public records. Related you mean the to university that was lamenting, uh, the lack of transparency <laughs> in its search for truth, the, the, the very same one. Um, oh, okay. we got, some of those documents back uh, this week, uh, largely redacted, heavily redacted, but there was enough in the unredacted parts to get at least some little nuggets about the way in which this all went out. Some interesting things that, that we found, the relationship between Florida State and J.P. Morgan, which is working with, with Florida State to explore this fundraising, that dates back to the summer of 2022. Scott, so it's been it's been more than a year and a half since those things those talks were were formally underway. Um, they they Florida State talked with Sixth Street, which we had reported before, and also Arctos Partners uh, throughout most of early 2023, to the point that they were comparing the bid offers from both of the private equity funds. This is what Arctos is willing to do. This is what Sixth Street is going to do. Here's why we like one versus the other. Um, there, there's a bunch in there, and and again, we only got documents up until August, and there's a lot that has happened at Florida State mm-hmm. in the eight months uh, since August. But it did give at least a very early stage of how they were thinking about structuring things through a new, new co, um, who was at the table, including these two private equity giants, one of them, Arctos, being sports-specific and Sixth Street being a, a, a way bigger group and, and spread across a lot of other things. Um, and it'll be fascinating to see if this does happen, Scott. In, in the meantime... The Florida State uh, suing its way out of the ACC. We're going to see where that goes. They they want to be in a new conference. They they have talked very publicly about the the money disadvantage they are going to be at in the ACC. They also went undefeated as a football team this year, give, Scott. Give, yeah, and, give, and give, give me some of the projections the, though. The give, me, give me some of the projections that you guys got because so, like some of those were eye popping numbers. Yeah, they were, one of the things that we got our hands on was the data room for the partially redacted, but the data room for for the the private equity talks, and 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 that is a, a 
full spreadsheet going 16, maybe even more, almost 20 years into the future, projections from Florida State for revenue. One of the most interesting ones there is the was the conference revenue line. And I'm assuming because this was made back in, back in June that it includes projections for the ACC and not for the uh, Florida State's more recent uh, specific aims to get out of the ACC. But the conference distribution money uh, is huge. The, the, it's around $40 million right now. They had that jumping up to almost 80 in just a few years, largely driven by the college football playoff, the expansion there, and new TV deals. Everybody expects all of the conferences to be getting a much larger check from the college football playoff moving forward. Um, but those numbers continued uh, just elevated year over year, big jumps. Again, it's roughly $40 million right now. They had it at $180 million uh, by 2042. Uh, so in 20 years, they have that more than essentially, let's just call it 5x, a little bit less than 5x uh, the, that that money coming in. So uh, the first look I have seen from any big time college sports university trying to tease out what the economics look like um, in 10 years, let alone 20 years, but trying to tease out what these revenue streams are going to look like. It's a, it's a fascinating look at the uncertainty in college sports, but also just how much money the people who are at the top of college sports expect to be flowing in, how much more money expect to be flowing in at a time when I would expect, Scott, that players are going to be getting paid, at yep. least on the football and basketball teams. Um, we're going to have more conference realignment. The media is all up in the air. Even with all those things, this is the revenue they're projecting. Uh, I, I found really fascinating. Absolutely. I found fascinating. You know me. I love a good code name. Like, yeah. I just love the fact that it was yeah. called Project Osceola, yep. you know, after the tribe and, of course, the, uh, the mascot, you know, Chief yeah, Osceola puts the spear in the middle, in the middle yep. of the field. I just love it. You know, oh, I'm going to keep everybody away. We can't even talk about it. <laughs> we will only reference this as, as Project Osceola. Love, a good, love a good code name. Love a good yeah. code name. And let me, let me finish, at least put the exclamation point on this one with the closing two graphs of the story, if I may. I don't often read, but I got to read these two paragraphs. And who was Collins? I don't remember. I have to go up top. You tell me what he I He is the me. chairman of the Florida State Board. Chairman of the Florida State Board is Collins. Okay, so here we go. Six Street's other sports investments include a series of summer exhibitions played in the U.S. between some of the world's most valuable soccer teams. In July, a Sixth Street managing director invited a group of FSU officials, including Collins and President McCullough, to a matchup between Barcelona and Real Madrid at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Here's the response. Not to be greedy, but would it be possible for us to bring a couple of our larger boosters with us as well? Collins replied, it would be a very nice trip for them to go there with the three of us. If it's not possible, that's fine. Just trying to get the most mileage out of this for the university. Period. The end. <laughs> so good, right? Like so it good. just so shows good. the way that, that they are that that and, and this is not a Florida State specific thing. I think a, a no, lot of colleges would, would have responded everybody, exactly. Yeah, everybody would say exactly that. the same way. But but yeah, not only are we in, in talks about this thing, but if there is an opportunity to grant our boosters something else that's fun and cool that that, that, that isn't on the normal schedule, we're going to jump at that opportunity. I a don't really think, interesting look at the, at the dynamics there, for sure. I don't think there has ever been a second half of a sentence that started with not to be greedy that I didn't want to know what was coming next. What? A, okay, not to be greedy, ellipse, but here comes piggish request. Yeah, I, I, I mean, oh, so good, so good. And when I was checking with our people, we should at least, you know, I had to get back to that because otherwise, I'd be like, why did he like? What was Scott talking about? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I was given the fingers crossed it'll be ready, but go ahead and say it anyway. So I assume this is this is going to happen. But uh, we are doing our, our Super Bowl event as we do every year. Uh, a nice happy hour. We got extremely lucky in L.A. for the Super Bowl. When our partners, and we did this well in advance, our partners, the, the Rams, 
happened to qualify for the game. And like that just added a, a, you know, a really significant and uh, neat element to it. Well, I am proud to announce, Evan, for anybody who's going to be there, if they need to go Drum to the roll. Sportico, if they need to go to the Sportico happy hour on Friday before the Super Bowl, um, we're, it'll be co-hosted. So uh, it'll be Sportico, of course, uh, joined by our good friends at the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. So, big game. yes, yeah, very, very big. I mean, you, you, got, you have to find ways to stand out. At the Super Bowl, I mean, there's so many things going on. Uh, this is going to be a standout event. So looking forward to uh, hosting the sports business industry along with our friends at the Niners. So we did the, the Rams when they were in the game. We're doing the Niners when they're in the game. If you're an NFL team yep. executive out there What's the and lesson? you'd like to play in the Super Bowl next, next year, yeah, let, let's it, plan the party partner next year. Partner with Super us <laughs> in New Orleans right now. Uh, we are, uh, we're two for two. Good luck. Um, so uh, o- open for those conversations. To start those, you can reach out to Scott on Twitter. You can find him at Soshnik. I am Evan Novi Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Thank you very much to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the Sportacast at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.